oh wow, we made it just by the skin of our teeth. Midnight motivation. Uh, we're thankful that everybody is connecting with us in this particular venue. Why do we do it at midnight? That's what people have asked. And I said, because not a lot of people are doing it at midnight. That's one reason. Number two, because it's not midnight everywhere. It's not midnight everywhere. And number three, because there's a lot of symbolism at the midnight hour, not just at our uh, church watch night services, y'all. But there's a lot of symbolism and it, and it typifies or, or it exemplifies the transition from one day to another very very simple but some people man they bring the negativity or the the failure or the 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 shortcoming from one day into the next and we said we're going to do this at midnight so that way when you hear these speakers you don't have to bring into this next day or this new day some of the stuff that you experienced before so we've got uh, some dynamic speakers i've asked one or two of them to come back to impact uh to uh midnight motivation for various reasons one tish bell who is a world traveler a phenomenal speaker and in power of people who speaks to women and men throughout the country uh she is unapologetic and she's unapologetically rich too that's what i love i, lo I love how she lives out loud and uh, how she inspires people. Her her words, if, if you recall the last Midnight Motivation we had her on, her words were just like she set the stage and it really set, kept caught on fire after that. So Tish Bell, who happens to be my friend, we live in the same region, but I can never keep up with her. I'm so thankful that she's here with us tonight on Midnight Motivation. Tish Bell, the floor is yours. Thank you so much. Wow, thank you, CO King, for having me back again into the, the panel of dynamic um, speakers, Nate and Art. I'm excited to be here. Like, it is midnight, but guess what? It's not midnight everywhere. But there's something significant about midnight. It means the changing of the day. So we're actually in a new day. We're stepping into something fresh. We are stepping into something new. We're stepping into something dynamic. We're moving into a new uh, stream of greatness. So tonight, if you're watching us and you're going to sleep or you're watching a replay, just know this is your moment for something new. Tonight, I want to talk about the power of vision and being vulnerable. You know, as women and men, as dreamers and entrepreneurs, we have visions for our lives and visions for our businesses. God has given us such big dreams. And if you're anything like me, your dreams will outlive your life because it just keeps coming. The downloads keep coming. You keep thinking of new ways of how you can help people, how you can empower people and push people into their destiny. That is so powerful to receive a vision. But I'm learning something in this season that in order for our vision to manifest, to see the fullness of that vision, we have to be vulnerable. We have to be vulnerable to the ideas. We have to be vulnerable to asking for help. We have to surrender to receiving something that is bigger than us. We have to be vulnerable in letting people go that we're no longer aligned with. We have to be vulnerable in saying yes to ourselves. It takes a level of humility, a level of openness to walk into your greatness. See, 
and our vision sometimes we struggle and we're like, God, when is it going to happen? When will it be my time? When is this thing going to take off? I see it. I taste it. I smell it. I see confirmation of it. I see people living in different facets of my vision. I can see this thing so clear, but when is it going to become a reality? As soon as you surrender and just get vulnerable and say, you know what? I'm going to just release my excuses. I'm going to release the opinions of other people. And I'm going to take what God has given me and I'm going to work it. I'm going to, even in my emotions, when I feel uh, the pain of this thing not coming to pass, I'm not going to quit. I'm just going to surrender to it, be vulnerable to it feel the pain, but I know that it is coming to pass. So as we enter into the last few months of this dynamic year, we've had a lot of changes, a lot of shifts. I want you to rewrite your vision. Some of you need a new energy on your vision. You need a new freshness on your calling, a new anointing, a new grace for what you are here to accomplish. And I want you to write from the depth of your soul what you see in your vision, what you feel, how you want others to feel and know with certainty that it is coming to pass. Know with certainty what has been placed in your hands and in your heart, it will materialize. You want to believe in your vision until it manifests. Everything about your life is going to a higher level. Everything about your vision is expanding. There is nothing small about you. It's nothing small about your dream. I don't care what that dream is. It's nothing small about it. Don't belittle your vision. Surrender. Don't belittle the ideas. Surrender. We've got to stop being our own worst enemy and critic. It's not the enemy out there that's winning. It's the enemy within. And if we can conquer that voice of negativity, the critic on the inside of us that tells us it's taking too long, it's not coming to pass, and turn that voice into a voice of faith and just be vulnerable to your faith to know that it is happening. Every day that you're breathing, your vision is coming to pass. In every moment that you think about it, it is coming to pass. Why would God give you something so big to keep you in a place of struggle and a, a place of pain that this thing never happens. That's not the kind of God that we serve. And you are not the kind of person that he created to go through so much pain in birthing a vision that he gave you. Yes, there are challenges. Yes, there are things that we're going to have to overcome, but you're learning, you're growing, and you're maturing. So I want you to get a second win tonight, a win to know that you're winning, a fresh wind over your life to know that great things are happening for you, a fresh wind over your ideas that you literally wake up motivated to take action. No one can beat the passion that you have on the inside of you for your vision. You're leading the way. You're setting the stage. You're coming into a place of fullness in that vision. And guess what? 
People are waiting to say thank you. They're waiting on what's on the inside of you, their lives, their children, their jobs, their careers, their, their wealth, their purpose is waiting on what's on the inside of you. If you're a daycare worker, if that's your purpose, guess what? Mothers and fathers need you. They're waiting on you. They're waiting on your smile. If, if, you're, if you are an entrepreneur and you're starting a business, guess what? People are waiting to buy your products and services because of the intention that you put behind them to change their lives. Listen, you can't give up at the first sign of opposition, but just be vulnerable. Surrender to that vision. Surrender to that passion and trust fully that it is happening. It is materializing even now as you dream about it, as you think about it, as you meditate on it. And you need to know that you are the woman and you are the man that is here to lead the way as that visionary. You're on the front line of being a pioneer. You're on the front line of allowing something brand new to break forth from you. You're breaking forth into new territory. You're breaking forth into something great. You are the breaker. Things are breaking forth for you. So we're excited. Why do we get excited about our vision? Because nobody can beat you being you. And so when you're vulnerable, when you are just vulnerable and you surrender to it, you release the anxiety around that vision. You begin to cultivate, you begin to speak into it. You begin to speak life. You begin to speak joy into that vision and you watch it grow. You get out of the way with anxiety and lack of trust and you begin to trust. And you know that generations are depending on you. Generations are waiting for you. What's in your mouth? What is in your hand? What is in your mind is powerful. We cannot discount the power of God on the inside of us. We cannot discount the power that we carry to materialize vision. And you know something else? Once you get started and you light the fire in that vision, or if you're already in vision and you light that fire for a second momentum, people will be inspired around you. And then their visions will get sparked. And people that know them, their visions will get sparked. And then there's a rippling effect throughout the earth of visions being sparked because you decided to spark your vision. You decided to go forward against all odds. And guess what? You got to keep moving forward. One step, one step, one step. You must keep moving forward, even when you don't want to move forward, even when it seems like the world is against you. It's not against you. It might be against your vision, but guess what? As the visionary, you have life and death in the power of your tongue. So you can decree and declare over your vision that is coming to pass. You can decree and declare that help is on the way to help you bring that vision to pass. There's power in your words. There's power in your tongue. Begin to speak to your vision. And maybe you're listening tonight. And you're saying, Tish, hey, girl, I got a vision, but ain't nothing happening. Start speaking life into it. Start imagining in your imagination that you can see that vision playing out. You can see yourself moving and operating in purpose and what you were called to do and just say yes to it. Because as we see it in our minds, we start to materialize it in our outer world. So it's not that your vision isn't happening. Speak life into it. Declare it is coming to pass. 
pray and begin to declare that people from out of nowhere are coming to help you. Resources from out of nowhere, they're coming for you. The seeds of generosity that you have sown and sown and sown in your past over these last few years, the years of your life where you have helped other people in their vision. You've helped other people uh, push. You, you've given words of encouragement when you were feeling bad yourself. Well, guess what? All of that is going to boomerang like a vortex back in your life. And that what you have given others is coming back to you. So guess what? It's midnight. We rejoice and we celebrate because something good and something big is about to happen for you. Yield to your vision. Yield to the power that you're producing and know that it is coming to pass. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is my friend, <laughs> Tish Bell. Tish Bell from New Bern, North Carolina. Tish uh, we didn't do this last time, but man, you said something that just really blew me away. Okay, I'm just blown away at what you said. You said that no matter what you do, whether you're a daycare worker, whether you're dropping fries at McDonald's, you said somebody's waiting on you. Somebody's waiting on you to do what you do best. And you talked about vulnerability, Tish. Um, how how do you see vulnerability as something that people are guarded with and that they don't understand how to be vulnerable? Can you give us a tip for that? Yes. Ask for what you need. And don't be afraid of people saying no or rejecting you. I think rejection stops us so many times for asking for help. But here's the thing, when you begin to ask, you're literally putting it out in the atmosphere that something is coming from you. And there are people waiting to say yes to you, but they don't know what you need. So mm. when you're vulnerable, you surrender to the excuses and the rejection and you say, guess what? If she has what I need, if they have a resource that I desire, I'm laying down my pride. I'm asking for help because people are willing to help you, but they don't know you need it until you ask. Ooh, man, that's powerful. Vulnerability. That's that. Greg says that's a great job. Somebody is waiting on us. And uh, there's a lot of you know what? There's a lot of cities waiting uh, to for Tish Bell to arrive. She is a world traveler, a dynamic speaker. This is why I have her lead off when I can get her because the really the atmosphere is set. Tish, would you please tell people how they can contact you? Absolutely, absolutely. You can contact me on um, the Tish Bell on all social media platforms, and you can also contact me at tishbell.com. Tishbell.com. And like I said, Tish, I thank you for coming back. I, I know you're very busy. Thank you for having me. I know you're a very busy person, but I'm I'm very, very thankful that you light up the show the way you do. When I talk about motivation, that's what I'm talking about. I got 40 people, Tish, waiting to come and audition for a, a slot on this on this gig. And some of them sent me their videos, and I'm just like man this might not be the venue for you because we need some passion if we're gonna be up at midnight we need some fire and that's what tish bell brings every single time thank you so much tish our next speaker tonight is someone who i have uh parenthetically adopted as my brother he's my brother from another mother he is he has such an amazing story 
drawn to this man because of his adversity. One of the things that I am drawn to because I was forged in a crucible of adversity is someone who has experienced adversity, the likes of which that will make most people quit. And this brother has not quit. He didn't quit. Seven times removed, he went through adversity and still didn't quit. He came out on top. He's a world changer. He's my friend. He's my brother. I would like you guys to welcome to the stage. My friend, I brought him back for a second time. The one and only Mr. I Am, Art Mitch. What's up, Art? What's going on? What's going on? See you. Thank you once again for having me. Um, Tish, once again, you brought the stage. You always do. Thank you for starting off. Thank you for getting them right. So glad to be on. Once again, I want to talk to you on, on me. I want to give you all a couple of words. Remember this. There's a champion inside of you. Say it one more time. There's a champion inside of you. And when I think about the word champion, I think about Kobe Bryant, Tom Brady, um, Mike Tyson, um, Muhammad Ali, those kind of champions. But I realized at, at age of six, it was a champion in me. So I never forget, I was going to school one day, I never forget going to school. And I was going to kindergarten, everything was good. But when I walked to the door, my life changed. I know that my vision was blurry. I noticed something was different about my vision that wasn't the same when I left home. So when I got there that morning, I realized, you know, everything was good. I was excited, ready to go to school. When I got there, something changed about my, my life, something changed my vision. So as always, I, I went to the back of the class. I didn't want to know so much attention drawn on me. So I decided to sit in the back of the room so nobody can see what's going on. But Lord and behold, the teacher called my name. Mr. Mitchell, what's on the board? I said, man, I couldn't see what was on the board. I'm not able to see it. So, you no, know, close people, kids laughed and ridiculed. But at that moment, I didn't really know what was going on. Why my vision is blurry? Why I can't? Why it wasn't on the same before I left the house? So, at the end of the class, you told me go to the um, go to the eye doctor. So, I went to the eye doctor. Now, imagine the age of six. You know, you you with the eye, you know you have different doctors' appointments, do different things. But at the age of six, having your eyes being worked on, dilated, it was something different for me. So when I got there, I was making you know everything was good. I just some blasts or whatever, but it changed my life. I was diagnosed with an eye disease called keratoconus. And what keratoconus is, it's the eye disease, how your eyes over, but my eyes pressing my pupil, causing my vision to be blurry. So imagine at the age of six, a young child, visually impaired, just in kindergarten. But I realized there was a champion inside of me. I realized in order to get to the next level, I had to fight this. So going through different, going through school, elementary school, um, kids asking what's going on, asking my vision, I would just laugh it off, just you know, keep on going. I knew that I couldn't explain to him what it was because it was a very rare disease. And to find out later on that this disease only happened in the one of 3,000 people in America, and lo and behold, I was one of them. So end up, once I got through elementary school, getting to middle school, things become a little different. Though know, the bullying becomes stronger. People you know ridiculing me, asking why you got thick glasses, or asking why your your vision don't saying, or asking why your phone so. But I I couldn't really say nothing. I kept fighting. You know, you know, think about in the boxing ring, you don't have on gloves and 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 you're the opponent, and they keep punching at you, keep punching at you, and keep and you got to keep jabbing, jabbing, and that's what I was doing, guys. I kept jabbing. I kept I kept fighting. I knew only get to the next level. It had to keep fighting. There was a champion inside of me. 
I realized, though, getting older with this, no, they tried glasses, um, didn't work. The thicker they got, the worse my eyes got, my own vision got. They had contacts. It was, it was, they, they didn't work. You know, my eyes were irritated. So I, even when I wanted to play sports in middle school, I couldn't play sports because I couldn't see the thing. But I played anywhere because I realized at age of six guys, it was a champion inside of me. And once you realize that a champion inside of you, you understand you got to fight no matter what. You know? No matter if pride come your way, no matter peer pressure come your way, you got to fight. Keep your gloves on. Because at the end of the day, you, when a bell ring or when a horn stops, you know you gave it all you got. Right? So now as I, now I'm in high school now, guys, getting older. You no, know, things are getting worse. You no, know, I was feeling kind of lonely, feeling left out. People didn't know really talk to me. Um, didn't pick get picked on in the game. So I just really can't, went to a depression state. Like why? Why me? No, ask God. Said God, why me? I'm age of six. Now I'm, I'm 16. Still dealing with the same situation. Still eyes still blurry. Nothing worked. Not, no contact didn't work. I had to wear glasses the whole time because. I had to see, you know, I couldn't see, but I just basically had them on because I need to see the board. But I knew as I got older, the fight got stronger. You know, the, glo the gloves got thicker, you no, know, the, the rounds got longer. So I didn't realize, okay, now it's something about this that I keep going through the situation, you know. Even in high school, I, I had to tell myself, you're going to graduate. You know, you're gonna, no matter what it looks like, you're going to graduate. You're not going to get put in those special ed classes because you can't see, even though you're visually impaired. Your vision was 20 over 200, then you're going to be in regular classes. And you're going to fight with the gloves on. There was a champion inside of me. So as I, as I got older, I graduated high school, got older, things were getting different for me because I had to say, I need to find something to get this done. I got to find a way. I want to be normal again. So I ended up finding out about the eye doctor in Durham, North Carolina, where he specialized in keratoconus. So I ended up finding out about cornea transplant. So what a cornea transplant, you guys, is, a, is where how to take out your cornea and give it a deceased cornea. At first, I was a little edge. like, man, I don't want to no, touch my eyes. You know, I may come out seeing differently. may come out looking like, you know, I didn't know what was going on. I was just at the point like, okay, I want to get this done, but what's the outcome of it? But I knew the champion side. And I said, I was tired of living the way I was living. You know? I was tired of being peer pressure. I was tired of being ridiculed. I was tired of being bullied. I was tired of being left out. So I wanted to live normal again. So I ended up getting a surgery. Surgery wouldn't happen. For a few weeks, everything was going good. Vigil was clear. I was celebrating. I was happy. Boom, it rejected. Had to go back to the eye doctor again just to find out I need another surgery. And he asked me, he said, do you want to get another surgery? I said, yes, sir. I want to get normal again. That was, a, that was a champion in me. I kept the gloves on. I kept fighting because I knew the first one didn't work. The second one was going to work. And we're getting the second one. Kind of find out and reject it again. I said, hold up now, something ain't right. Why my vision is still the same? Why is it keep getting rejected? You no, know, why I kept doing the same thing over and over again. So I go back again. He said, No, your left eye is weaker now because you had to use your right eye. I said, What? How why now my other eye is different? So I said, Okay, what did you do? He said, You gotta get another surgery. I said, three. He said, yes, sir, if you want your vision to be better, you got to get another surgery. I said, okay, let's do it. Because like I said, it's a champion inside. I knew at the age of six that if I wanted to this level to fight, I got to do whatever it takes. I got to, I can't let this defeat me. I can't let two soldiers defeat me. I had to keep on going, pushing and pressing. And in life, you're going to face challenges. You're going to face different levels of adversity, different levels of things that's going to feel like, you know, it's a stumbling block. We can't pass it. But keep the gloves on, guys. It's the champion inside of you. So surgery number three. 
ended up getting a surgery number three. Everything was good. Both my eyes were good. Now I'm seeing good, seeing well, things are okay. But then, boom, it rejected again. You probably say, I don't know, three surgeries and rejected again? What's going on? The guess is good as mine. But I went back to the doctor again. I said, I'm going to keep on fighting. I'm not going to stop myself. The champion was inside of me. The gloves got bigger. The rounds got longer again. And my mind said, okay, if you want to get to the next level, you want to see better, you got to keep on going. Surgery four. Had surgery four on the right eye again. You know, it, it rejected it rejected again. So I'm like, I don't know. This can't be true. You know, you're going through four eye surgeries. You were in the issue with six years old. You're dealing with adversity. It's getting worse, not better. What you going to do? I'm going to keep fighting because there was a champion inside of me. So people understand my story. At the age of six, I had to put the gloves on early. I had to train early because I knew I'm going to get to the next level and be the person that God called me to be. And I keep on fighting. I keep on being strong. So surgery number five. Like, God, this was the worst surgery of all. When I woke up, the doctor said, we have to revive you. He said, revive me? So yeah, you almost, you fell asleep. I mean, you, excuse me, you didn't wake up when we um, tried to wake you up. After the surgery, I said, hold on, what? So yeah, you almost died. We had to use the shock machine to get you up. So that stumbled me a little bit. And my wife, I said, I'm gonna say, this, this is crazy. But not only that, guys, when I woke up, my vision was blurry again. Like, what's going on? My vision blurry again. Even though I didn't almost wake up, but I worried my vision. I was worried about, okay, this can't be happening. Boom, I went back to my six-year-old self again. I went back to saying, you back in the classroom. You back seeing the same old thing. What's going on? So I, had to die. I said, doc, this is the fifth surgery. My vision is blurry. Why am I sitting saying? He said, it takes time. Keep on going. So I said, okay, no, time went by. It didn't get better to go back again. I said, sir, this, this, this is ballistic. You know, y'all probably said six surgery, but again, I had to keep on fighting. The gloves got bigger, the rounds got longer, the mindset got got thinner. Cause I was at a point like I'm, I'm feeling like I can't do this no more. I went to nervous rage. I told my wife, I said, why when everything looks good, it goes bad now, bro. You know, and sometimes it's like you get to that moment where you break, you know, but you don't put the glove down. You, 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 take a, you take a break, you drink some water, spit it in the bucket, then you get back out and fight again. That's what I had to do. And for that moment, I was uh, sitting down, went for the bell to ring, I said, God, it's something about this. And I heard a clear guy, he said, I'm going to turn your pain into your purpose. The bell ring, I got up. Went to the sixth surgery. It went, it went well, it went good. Then I had to get a seven because I had to get a cataract move. Once the cataract move, I ended up saying, okay, vision is good. So I went from a 20 over 200 to now 20 over 40 in my left eye and 20 over 50 in my right eye, my vision was revived. So I've been wearing glasses in five, four, five years since then. But I, it, it taught me a lesson, guys, that in order to become a champion, you got to train daily. In order to become a champion, you got to practice your mindset. No becoming a champion, you gotta learn the plays because things are gonna happen. Every play gonna work the same every quarter. Every every challenge you go through is gonna be the same, but you gotta be prepared for it. The reason why Kobe Brown was the best he was in champion because he prepared for it. He knew the offense, he was good at defense, but he knew that adversity is gonna come that they're gonna want to double team him or they're gonna wanna um, put pressure on him. But he knew that in order to get to the level, he had to fight and he was prepared for it. So in being a champ, you got to prepare for what's next. You got to prepare for the next level. No matter what it look like, you got to understand that the gloves got to stay on. 
The ball got to stay in your hand. Well, the fight, you got to keep on going to persevere to the end. And knowing that taught me. So when I got when I got over what I was getting through, God said, okay, let's go. It's your time to shine. So I begin to talk to kids now about how to fitly understand that your disability doesn't affect your ability. You know, I went through this for 26 years of my life, fighting, um, gloves on, different things, but I didn't let what, let what it looked like stop how who I was going to come. So a lot of times we let our past dictate our future and we just throw in the gloves, throw in the towel. But you got to keep on fighting. You gonna have, Yes, you can take, take breaks and you got to sit down for a second. But when that bell ring or that horn blow, it's time to get back up and fight. Now you continue to fight and grow. No, that's a champion in you. They're not the only champion, the champion in you. We go through life every day with challenges, different kind of obstacles, different kind of different things going on. But if we don't fight and, and, and defend ourselves, we're going to get defeated every time. So I want to leave you guys with a day. Look, don't stop fighting. It's the end of the quarter, and three quarters left in the year. Keep on fighting. If your goals you got to reach, put the gloves back on. If you got a target you got to reach, put the mask back on. But continue to fight. At the end, once that bell ring, that horn blow, you understand the challenge and know that you did it and because you survived the test. Thank you. Man, Art Mitch, that's what I'm talking about, brother. That's what I'm talking about, brother. Ladies and gentlemen, the Mr. I Am, Art Mitch. See, there ain't nobody that can compare with that story because it's Art's story. And he says, you know what? There is a champion within you a champion within me he says man you you might have to pause you might have to go get you a drink of water but the thing i i really admire about art is he's using his story now he's using his story to help and inspire young people throughout north carolina and we know that that's going to expand throughout the world art the time number five when you when you died on the table that was really life telling you it's done but you had to get back up and you didn't quit man and i think that's the message you tell young people throughout throughout your speeches huh yes sir yes sir i know that the disability doesn't affect your ability that sometimes things may feel like it don't look right but if you continue to fight and get back up it happens on that table i'm like man like is this really gonna is, is, is really gonna go away or i'm really gonna get back up and have purpose and, and take what what happened and turn into something man positive for the kids out there that's gonna be influenced by what my story so that's what i did and it showed me a life lesson that you know you can get back up yeah man you getting back up and you doing it you doing it the mr i am style man i love you man you're a great man great yeah, man of man. god great family man and uh you gotta where can people find you at uh art and so you can find me on, on Facebook at Arthur Mitchell, on Instagram at artspeaks82, on LinkedIn at Arthur Mitchell as well. And you can also find me on my website at www.artmitch.com. Thank you. Artmitch.com. I like that name, that powerful name, Art Mitch, Mr. I Am. And our next speaker is has a very similar uh, formula for overcoming adversity. It's called Our Lives Stories. You know, when you talk about, man, you look at someone's current state and you're like, man, they got a nice house. They got all the things. They got all the the things that we clamor after in life. I love hearing people like my, our next speaker's story because where you see him now, it wasn't always like this. And he, too, had a set of circumstances that he could have given up 
on and just said, I, you know, life is not worth living. I'm just going to go down the road that that I was down and I'm going to continue to go down it and really just crash and burn. But my, my, my man, he said, no, I'm not doing that. There's there's something in me that is going to turn this around. And he did. Uh, people told him he would never change. They said he would never amount to anything. And this man is not only a minister, a husband, a philanthropist, an author, a world changer, a dynamic speaker. He's been on our, our international podcast. And so when we had him on the show, my staff said, you got to get him as one of the speakers. We booked him that same night. My friend, the man, the legend from the Buckeye State, Nate Dukes. Welcome, Nate. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I don't know about you guys, man. I feel like we went to church tonight. Um, <laughs> this was this was cool, man. I, I feel like there's something there's something going on right now. Yeah. And I'm literally, as you guys were telling me your Instagram names, I'm like looking down the side, like looking you guys up on Instagram, and I'm following you right now. <laughs> so this has been absolutely incredible. I'm super thankful to be here. And uh, as CEO mentioned, man, my life now it's it's beautiful. I love the life that I have. But leading up to it, it took a lot of work. It took a lot of self-reflection. And in my early 20s, I was, um, I was a business owner who was dealing with a secret drug addiction that nobody knew about. And through that, I ended up stealing a lot of the money from my business partner. I ended up getting uh, completely walking away from that altogether. Uh, through a series of, of events, I ended up stealing a car, trying to drive it across the country, um, found myself in a very dark place. And it wasn't until I had this spiritual awakening, this spiritual moment when I cried out to the Lord and just said, God, if it is possible to change, I want to, because the life that I'm living now is not the one that I want to have. And I, I got obsessed with, man, how do you create sustainable change? How do you create the life that you've always wanted? I don't know if you've ever tried to start a diet or start working out before and you get about 30 days in and then I, one thing leads to another and you end up stop going. Well, here's the deal. There's some people who find a way to push through. There's some people who find a way not to give up. There's some people that find a way to turn this into not just a, a thing that they're doing, but a lifestyle that they live. And I wanted to create a new lifestyle for myself. And I, I was reminded through all of this, this story that I heard this old preacher say, he, uh, he was talking about how there was this young kid who was um, he was on the beach and he was had this Red Rider BB gun and he was pumping it up and he was aiming towards the moon and he'd pull the trigger and, it, and he'd shoot and and he'd, he'd, he'd pump, 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 pump. And then he'd, he'd aim at the moon again and he'd pull the trigger and shoot. And and finally, after a few times, his grandpa comes out and he sees the young boy out there trying to aim at the moon, trying to shoot it down with his BB gun. And he he walks up to the boy and he says, he says, listen, son. It doesn't matter how hard you pump that BB gun. It doesn't matter how good of a shot you are. There's no way you're going to be able to hit that moon with that gun right there. And the little boy looks at his grandpa and he says, respectfully, grandpa, uh, I know that I might not ever hit the moon with this BB gun, but I'm going to get a lot farther than any other people who aren't taking their shot. Mm. And I think for some of us lately, We've actually been holding ourselves back from taking our shot because we don't know if we're actually going to make it. And I'm re reminded of this story uh, by T.D. Jakes. He said his son comes up to him and says, Dad, I think I want to go to school to learn how to make movies. And he says, I'm just afraid because I, I don't know if I'm actually going to do well at it. He says, what, what do you think I should do? And he looks at his son and he says, listen, 
you might go to this school and, and you might try to make movies and, and it might not work. But I need you to know something that that going to this school might not be the right thing for you, but it will lead to the right thing. And that might not be the right thing, but it, it'll lead to the next thing, which will lead to the next thing, which will lead to the next thing. And so I just want to encourage some of us that we might not hit the target on the first try, but we still need to take our shot. And I love what Tish said about having vision for our life and being vulnerable with that vision. And, and for some of us, for some of us, when we think about what our life can look like, really, we, we get very generic with it. Usually our answers are, are things like, man, I just want the bills to be paid. I just want my kids to be taken care of. I just want to be happy. And intrinsically, there is nothing wrong with any of that. But I'm here to tell you that it is not specific enough. We need to get crystal clear on what we want our vision for our life to look like. The things that God is downloading into us, what are they actually saying? Like, what do we want our legacy to look like? What do we want to pass down to the next generation? I mean, if we want to get serious about how much money do we want to make on, a, on an annual basis? These are questions that we need to start to have answers for, because if you want to go to an airport right now and you want to buy a plane ticket, they will gladly sell you a, a ticket to somewhere. But the question is, is it anywhere that you actually want to go? And so until we start to take control of our future, until we take control of our vision, there will always be somebody to come along and tell us what our life is supposed to look like. And so once we have a very clear vision for our future, now we need to add in our decisions. Contrary to popular belief, the things that we do every single day, man, they matter so much. And so I just want to encourage you, if you are not moving towards your vision, you're actually moving away from it. And so we, we want to start to make the right decisions on a daily basis that are lined up with the vision that we've created for our life. And now here is the hardest part to this. And I wish I had a life hack. I wish I had a way to skip this, but I haven't found it yet. You have to multiply all of this by time. And the hardest four letter word any of us are ever going to hear is wait. And so if you have a vision and you're making the right decisions every single day and you're looking at your life, and it doesn't look the way that I thought it was supposed to look. I just want to encourage you, man. You can go take a, a burrito from the freezer and you can throw it in the microwave. And man, you can eat it, but I don't know how good it's going to taste. But man, there's something special about that Carolina barbecue that's been cooking for hours and hours and hours. You have to give this thing some time. And you got to plant the seeds so that your harvest can come. And I, I want you to know that once you've started to make the right decisions, you need to take a very, uh, a very good look at the people that you've begun to surround yourself with. You know, psychology will teach us that we are the average of the five people that we do life with. Uh, mm -hmm. Science will tell us that we will make the average amount of money of the five people that are closest to us. And so if we understand this principle to be true, I need to take, uh, do some self-inventory. I need to take a look at the last five text messages that I've sent, who am I letting in my life? Because the right voices in our life will equal the right choices in our life. And, and for some of us, when we start to talk about this, I know that it can be uncomfortable. I know that it can be hard. And people say, Nate, are you telling me 
I'm supposed to walk away from some people. Are, are you telling me that I'm supposed to, to give up on some people? And if right now in this moment, you are in a toxic relationship that is pulling you away from the passion, the purpose, the destiny that has been placed on the inside of you, then this is the permission that you actually need to walk away from that relationship. This is the permission that you need to say no, to put some boundaries up, to say that the vision that God has given me is bigger than where you want to take me. And so on the other side of that coin, there's some people that maybe we don't need to necessarily completely cut out of our life, but maybe we just need to limit our experience with them. When we begin to limit our experience with people who are negative and toxic, and it's kind of like if, if your hands are full right now, it's hard to carry anything else. But man, once I start to let go of some of this stuff, now I'm open to new people that have new experiences, that have new voices, that have new visions, that have new dreams and can take me to new places. And so I just want to be very, very specific on who I let in my life because I'm either being influenced or I am the one who is influencing others. And I need two types of people in my life. I need people that are going to know me, K-N-O-W, know what I've been through, know what I struggle with, know what, what's going to hurt me. And then I need people that are going to know me, N-O. No, Nate, that resentment doesn't look good on you. No, Nate, you shouldn't be out this late. No, Nate, you shouldn't be talking to your wife that way. And a hard truth from someone you trust can save your life. And so I just want to be very, very careful and cautious on who I'm letting in my life because the right voices in our life will equal the right choices in our life. And through all of this, I've been able to really develop some beautiful connections, beautiful relationships, some amazing friendships, and I'm so grateful for them. I'm so grateful for the life that I have right now. And I, I believe that gratitude is actually a superpower that gets discounted from time to time. And, and, and before you just write me off as, all right, here, this is another gratitude list or somebody that's going to preach about gratitude. Just, just give me a moment. Gratitude reminds us that we are enough, but more importantly, that what we have is enough. And I just want to encourage some of you right now, if you're looking at your life right now and it's not exactly where you want to be, I understand. I get it. I, I'm there with you. But gratitude might not change our lives around us, but it actually begins to change us. It begins to change the way that we look at our life, the way that we view our life. And when we, you know, I love the, the Henry Ford quote that says, whether I think I can or whether I think I can't, I'm right. Mm -hmm. And gratitude recenters me. It brings me back to this place that believes in me again, that says, God, here I am. Use me how you want to. And I always want to remember that it's not about me, but it's about what you want to do through me. So the big takeaway from all of this, vision plus decisions times time in combination with who we surround ourselves with and being grateful can create a beautiful life that we live on a day-to-day -day basis. Now that, ladies and gentlemen, is my friend, Nate. Dukes. Wow, Nate, I, I, the, the chat is just blowing up, brother. The voices determine our choices. We got to put that on the shirt, bro. We've got to get that on the shirt. Nate Dukes, ladies and gentlemen, up there in the Ohio area. He talked about gratitude. I just tagged another speaker who has a program called 
tag tag the attitude of gratitude and man you you talked about it so so skillfully brother that was almost surgical man i felt like i man i just i I just had surgery on 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 those on those elements when you talk when you talk about gratitude though you broke it down and you said that you have enough or you are enough what was what were those two elements yeah that what we have is enough but more importantly that we we are enough. Yeah, man. Man, that's powerful. And Nate Dukes, he is the author of You'll Never Change. That's that book behind him. Point to it, Nate, so everybody can see it, brother, for those watching us live. That's the book. He is the author. He's going to be sending me a copy of it soon, I think. And uh, <laughs> It's in the mail. <laughs> how, do, how do people get up with you, Nate? Tell, us, tell people how they connect with you, brother. You can find me on Instagram at whoisnatedukes. Or you can go to you'llneverchange.com. You'llneverchange.com, man. We we uh, we rapidly. I, you know what I do believe, Nate. I believe it, you know Tish has been my friend for years. How long have we been friends, Tish? It's been like thirty years now. You on mute? I don't. I can't hear you. <laughs> what? I said since I was twenty six. Since she was twenty six again, <laughs> right? Look. The, the the reality is is whether you whether long term long time friends like Tish and I or just a couple of months friends like like uh, me and Art Mitch or just a couple of week friends like me and Nate Dukes I really do feel like God is expediting relationships yeah you know he talked about getting you give yourself permission. This is what I love what he said, y'all. You give yourself permission to release yourself from those toxic relationships, man, and and bring those people around you that are that are good. Dr. Curry, uh thank you Nate. Dr. Curry, Keith Curry is he has been held up with his with his uh his spiritual overseer. He was one of our closing speak. He was our closing speaker. And I asked him some time ago, but when your duty calls, your duty calls, I wanted to leave you with a quick word. And then I'm going to go back around the room to close this out. It's very, very quick. It's not even going to, I'm not even going to take Dr. Curry's time. I'm just going to take a few seconds uh, or maybe a few minutes because a, 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 no speaker can speak for a few seconds. Right, Tish? <laughs> that's just a lie. So don't don't lie. Okay, let's just be truthful. One one thing that has I wasn't I wasn't scheduled to speak. I didn't have anything prepared, but these people have spoken into our hearts. I told them that listen guys, if we can reach one person tonight, if we can minister to one. If you're in the chat and you're watching this Midnight Motivation, if this has blessed you, if this has touched you, uh please type in the chat uh, some affirmation and let our speakers know uh, how they touched and blessed you tonight. But I just want to close with with a simple thought. Uh, I have been equated to a sea turtle and a sea turtle is actually one of aside from the lion and of course my golden retriever, Samson, the sea turtle is a very fascinating uh, animal to me. And why? Because on the beach, the hatchlings, they've got to escape predators. They've got to escape crabs and raccoons and wolves and foxes to make it to the to the sea. Once in the water, though, see, you would think once they are in the water, it's all good. But in the water, then they are consumed by seabirds and fish. And it is estimated, ladies and gentlemen, that very few of them actually make it to adulthood. In fact, it's like one in a thousand. And in some estimations, 
it's one in 10,000 that make it. One in 10,000 that make it to full adulthood as a sea turtle. What an odd. And so then when I started looking at how a sea turtle even comes to the beach, I'm, I'm, I recognize that the mother is a creature of habit. When it comes to females of, uh, who have to lay their eggs, they always do so, watch this, on the exact same beach that they laid them first. So when it comes time to lay eggs again, they may have to travel 1,500 miles to lay those eggs on the beach. The same beach that presented all of the previous adversity to those other hatchlings that she knew that those kids, those babies that she placed in that little sand dune, it was one in 10,000 that was going to make it to adulthood. But she came back again when it was time to lay some more, traveling upwards of 1,500 miles to the same beach of adversity. Why wouldn't she take them to more pleasant beaches? Why wouldn't she take them to softer shores? Why would the sea turtle mother be gravitating back toward the place where one in 10,000 succeed? Because it was in her. It was in her nature. Nature has driven her to this beach. And what is, what is it that gets the sea turtle to the water? It is their nature. They don't come out of the eggs and say, well, we know only one in 10,000 of us is going to make it. So like uh, my man Nate Duke said, we might as well not even try. They're swimming toward, they're, they're traversing toward the water. You guys seen the videos, a little wild and things with the, with the built-in DNA of failure. Only one in 10,000 will make it. The mother brings them back to the same place of adversity because it's within them. And they automatically go to the water. I told in my last keynote speech to the class of 2020, I said, we're still standing. I told them to stand because they had stood through a lot. But my next one would be keep swimming. See, listen, though you can say statistically, I'm a statistic, Nate's a statistic, Art is a statistic, so is Tish. Though you can say statistically, none of us should be here. We kept swimming. I'm going to be that one because it's within me. It's not just within me to fail. It's within me to swim. See, because not only is the nature of the mother to bring them back to the same beach of adversity, it's also the nature in these animals to run toward the sea. And if they can get into the water, they may be one out of 10,000. But what's in them is greater than what's happening to them. If they give up, they fail automatically. If they give up, they have no chance. But if they keep swimming, ladies and gentlemen, I want to be that one in 10,000. Someone said, C.L. King, do you want to be a multimillionaire? You know, there's not that many in Jacksonville, North Carolina. I'll be the first one. P. 
people have 50,000 people start their speaking business and 50,000 a year quit every year. I'm going to keep swimming, brother. I see I see some didn't t- uh, tish, we see him. We see him dropping like flies left and right. Art Mitch, we see him dropping. But I'm waddling to the shore, brother. I'm waddling to the sea because it's within me. God, what God has put in you, what's happening in you is what I'm trying to say, ladies and gentlemen, is so much greater than what's happening to you. Keep swimming. Miss, Miss Tish Bell, I'd like for you to give a word of closure to our audience tonight because you are the opener i should just make you the official opener every month but then you start charging me <laughs> i'm gonna make you the official opener every month of midnight motivation Tish, give us a word of encouragement sister wow i you said some rich stuff about keep swimming and i just want to encourage you in your vision to keep swimming okay you're moving upstream you're you listen you are powerful. I don't think we really realize how much power we possess. And when you keep moving, you keep going, you keep, you know, going higher, you gain strength, you gain momentum, you gain energy, you know? And I love what Nate said. As he was talking, I was looking at my phone and I said, who's texting me? Like, who are the last five people texting me? It's, It's time to make a change here, right? Because those people, that are texting you and that are in your circle, they're gonna help propel your vision. And like Art said, your disability cannot affect your ability. Mm -hmm. So let your ability for your vision move you forward. Thank you, CO King. Boy, we always moving forward. And I like that hoodie. We might have to get some of them in my clothing line. I gotta get me one of them camouflage hoodies. That's dope, Tish. (laughs) I appreciate it. Art, Art Mitch, what you got for closing, brother? Yes, sir. I'm going to let somebody know, man. Look, you're this close to that water. Like C.O. King said, keep swimming. And because of that one dude that was a champion inside of them, they kept swimming to the stream. And when they got to that stream, they were able to understand, I got here, and I'm going to swim away into my purpose. Mm-hmm. So keep fighting, keep swimming. Are you this close to that stream? You're this close to reaching that goal. I promise you, there's a champion inside of you. Thank you. Artmitch.com. Love that, brother. Appreciate your art. Nate, what's your closing thought, brother? Yeah, I think sometimes what feels good in the moment isn't always good for our future. And so we want to make sure that our decisions that we're making are lining up with our destiny. And we don't want to focus so much on our surroundings, but start to focus on us. Amen. Very, very powerful. Well, listen, folks, thank you for all the great encouraging words. I thank you for helping us make another successful time of of impacting, uh, not impacting, it's not that show, of uh, Midnight Motivation. Thank you for staying up with us. I know it's a sacrifice because we're all on East Coast time, but somewhere in the world, it's four in the afternoon and and a little lady maybe in the Philippines will hear this who was contemplating giving up, Tish. And she heard your words, a, wor- a, a words from a powerful woman in North Carolina that you can accomplish anything. And that one life, we may not get credit for it on this side. We might meet her in glory, Tish. But man, that's what my heartbeat is. If it's just impacting one life, one day at a time, that is all I'm in this for. I love you guys. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Listen, tomorrow night, I just got to... A closing statement tomorrow night at 6 p.m. at the uh, we having the benefit concert 
for Jasmine McRaven. It's the What If concert. Greg, hurry up and tell me what park, you know what park that is in, Tish? I can't remember the name of the park. La- what is it? It's at Lawson's Creek. Lawson's Creek Park there in New Bern, North Carolina. Uh, we're going to be there to help this young lady who's needing a kidney transplant. This benefit concert is for her. A lot of work, a lot of great uh, presentations there, a lot of great actor. I mean, act, not actors, but a lot of great vocalists that will be participating. I'll be there live in person. And so uh, we're looking forward to that. Thank you guys again. Thank you, Nate. Thank you, Art. Thank you, Tish. We love you. God bless you. Hope everyone has a great night. Be motivated on this midnight in Jesus' name. God bless you. <laughs>